When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Let's talk some T20 Cricket World Cup. Looking forward to Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. We'll have live coverage, ball-by-ball coverage here on SENZ. It is the semi-final of the T20 Cricket World Cup. It is New Zealand taking on Pakistan Thursday night. It is India playing England to talk about this. A man who played a number of T20 games for New Zealand, a black cap, Ronnie Hera. Evening to you, Ronnie. Welcome. Evening, Mark. How are you? Good. What are you doing with yourself these days, big guy? Working, <laughs> yeah. Like everybody else. Uh, are you working? Are you working in cricket, or are you working sort of in the civilian life? Uh, no, no cricket for me. I work in a digital agency uh, based in Auckland. Um, so, yeah, it keeps me pretty busy. I'm in the client management and uh, portfolio management side. So, yeah, um, pretty much as far away removed from um, sport and cricket as, as possible. I always like to ask athletes that have been sort of at that professional level, how did you find the transition going from being sort of a full-time, or maybe not a full-time, but basically from being a professional cricketer to then having to sort of get back into civilian life? Uh, I didn't find a uh, ch- ch- I mean, getting opportunity to find uh, meaningful work was the most difficult part. Um, I don't think it was the transition from being a cricketer or a, or a sportsman. I was just think finding my place and finding something I was interested in, and also finding someone who was willing to give me an opportunity um, and see my my soft skills. I guess um, from being a cricketer and uh, also, I mean, a, a sportsman. I wouldn't call myself a professional, but a but a sportsman. Um, and then seeing those soft skills, and then being willing to to train me and also put in that investment um, to to upskill me. Was it always the intention? Did you always have the intention of wanting a professional career? And how old had you made that decision that you knew that cricket was never going to last? It was never going to be the only thing. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think I fell into it um, in terms of playing for Auckland. I was a net bowler and then uh, got asked to play uh, for Auckland and, and attend a few more trainings and things. So I sort of fell into it, and then yeah, sort of fifteen years later, you're kind of sort of figuring out what to do next, but. I did quite a bit of, uh, I guess, fall planning in terms of my exit out of playing, and I guess I relatively finished uh, quite early at 29 uh, for a spin bowler. Um, I think the writing was on the wall for me. I probably wasn't going to play for the Black Caps again, so um, you know I was probably going to get overtaken mm-hmm. by guys like Ish Dodi and Mitch Satner. So um, my window sort of closed, and I had to be brave enough to, yeah, sort of start a career at that time at 29 and I'm 36 almost now so yeah I'm sort of five six years into uh, a working career. Yeah no remarkable yeah tough decision uh, uh, tough decision indeed so looking back on your career did you sort of achieve more than you ever thought you would achieve as a cricketer? Uh, yeah I mean if you'd say that I could have played one game for New Zealand and the handful that I did play I would have been pretty happy with that 
um, but also then thinking all the other people that put time and effort into developing my career at various levels and stages. Um, it was it was all worth it for for the one time I got to play with guys like Brendan McCullum and and Martin Guptill and uh, Salvi and those types of guys and had my name up uh, in the same team as theirs. I guess it was all worth it. Yeah, even for one game. Mm. Is there one ball you remember at international level that you bowled? Uh, I can remember some that I got hit for. Um, <laughs> sixes, big sixes, <laughs> being, a, being a spin bowler. Um, but I guess I, get, I remember the times where I was out there with a the bat, actually, because there weren't too many of those. Um, got a chance to bat at Eden Park under lights against England, which was quite cool. Um, faced one ball from Dale Stain, and he, and he got me out. So um, a couple of highlights. Um, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Look, um, we take on Pakistan, India take on England. Of the other three teams, which team would you prefer New Zealand to be playing? One that got eliminated, actually, South Africa. Um, <laughs> I was hoping that they would have. Um, I was hoping that they would have snuck through the semi-final, and um, their their monkey on the back would have been a lot larger than than ours in terms of trying to make the final. We've done it over the last little while, so I would have rather they had um, got up against Netherlands and, and squeaked through, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about playing Pakistan. They always seem to to turn up and um, you know do very well against New Zealand in semi-finals. Uh, I know it was in the in the 50 over World Cup, but yeah, 1992 and also 1999 where they turned us over mm. into one-day World Cups. Um, they're, they're a dangerous team. They would probably be the least favourite that I like to play. Yeah, I remember that. I was at that game at Eden Park in 92 with Inza Mumal Huck. Yeah, Martin Crow scored 100 that day and you're right, they tipped us up and went on and won it and who would have thought that Imran Khan would become the Prime Minister of that country and end up almost being assassinated just a couple of days ago? It's, 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 it's a remarkable world in which we do live in. OK, so let's. what do New Zealand need to do to beat Pakistan here? I mean, do we bat first? Do we, is batting the way to go? I mean, what's the strategy in T20 cricket? What are some of those automatic default settings? I mean, I think they'll assess the conditions. They've played on a number of years' wickets over the last few games towards the end of the group uh, or um, group stages. So I think it should be a fresh wicket. Um, and, yeah, on a fresh wicket under lights, I'd say they probably want to be batting second if there's any type of dew, the balls get on and maybe negate some of their spin bowlers and their slower bowlers. Um, but I guess the pattern of um, how they played against Australia in that first game at the same venue would be probably what they'll want to take in. If they had the choices to really... Um, bat, batting second or batting first is really going hard at those first six overs um, for Allen and, and Conway. Well, the Conway's game is not really to go that hard. It is just to leave it to Allen to get us off to a hot start. Um, I said it last game, and this is more of a, a pattern thing for, for our team, and Kane Williamson obviously is a class player, and, and I'm not really talented enough to tie his shoelaces when it comes to batting, but you know, I really would like to see Glenn Phillips maybe go in if Allen gets out. Um, because it just carries on that, that aggressive momentum and then guys can bat around um, those hitters and it just really keeps the, the momentum going. Um, you know, I mean, if you get Conway and Williamson at the crease, which has happened a number of times this tournament, um, the run rate does slow down for at least two or three overs before it starts to pick up again. OK, so maybe changing Glenn Phillips, putting him at first drop, Williamson at second drop. Outside of that, do you like the balance of this New Zealand team? Do you like the look of it? Would you make any changes? No, no, I wouldn't. I, I do like the team. I just think it can be mixed up a little bit just in terms of who goes in for who, who gets out in terms of the batting lineup. Um, but I don't think there's anyone sitting on the bench um, which they'll call in um, this late in the state, uh, this late in the piece, heading into the, the two biggest games. Sri Lanka were very effective against us by opening up with spin. 
Could you see Pakistan doing something similar? Yeah, they've got a left-arm spinner. Um, he'd probably be more likely to bowl than the, the leggy. Um, yeah, but I just again, it depends on the surface, I think. If it's a new surface, they might want to, to use the pace bowlers earlier on or, and maybe use a spinner towards the end of the power play. But yeah, I mean, if they are going to open, it will be probably with a left-arm spinner. How much momentum can you take into a T20 game, into a T20 tournament? I mean, it's a little bit of a game of chance, isn't it? One or two players can take it away from you on their day. Can you go in with momentum? I think you can go in with confidence. Um, I'm not sure if you can ride any momentum from, from the previous games. Um, guys who are in good form will take that confidence and, and the belief that they've played well in previous games. Um, but yeah, like you say, it only takes sort of five to ten balls for a game to, to turn on its head with with someone getting hot or, you know, someone taking two or three wickets within the space of two overs. So um, it literally is those fine margins. And, and because of T20 and, and how short it is, I mean, it's not the, you know, people might not see it as the purest form of the game and also uh, probably third on the list uh, when you think about it in regards to one-day cricket and test cricket. Um, it does have its, um, you know, it does have its quirks. You know, you, don't, you don't really don't have a lot of time to, to um, to dwell on things, you just have to really, you know, if you are in a bit of a, you know, two or three balls and things aren't going that well, you know, in two or three balls, they can change so quickly. So mm. um, momentum, no, but confidence, I think you can take some confidence into these games. Yeah, when you're batting confidently, we often see it and we see a team that needs to suddenly, you know, after the last three overs, need to want to try and, you know, hit 30, 35, 40 runs. And we often see players go away from their conventional game and look to slog. Um why? What? What? What is the sort of the methodology around that? What? What's the? What? What are the rules that govern that? I mean, are you better just to play um, more orthodox, or and why do players tend to sort of just go for the big slog? Yeah, I mean, if you don't have it in the kit bag, um, if you're trying to bring it bring it out under pressure, it can, it can become quite difficult. Um, you have some guys that are naturally able to strike the ball under pressure and. Those types of guys, um, you want to decrease. So, I think when you find guys that, that are that are playing outside of their game at that stage of the innings, they're, they're under severe pressure. Whether they do need ten and over or, or fifteen and over, um, they're really looking for an option that's really low percentage in terms of success. Um, so, yeah, you can you can go to a more orthodox model, but it probably doesn't come with as much reward. You know, it's risk versus reward type stuff. Mm. Um, but then you have guys down the bottom of, especially our lineup, uh, Nisham, Satna, um, guys who can really clear the boundary. Um, Glenn Phillips, like I mentioned, is batting in the middle there. Um, you know, those guys can clear the boundary. And what seems unconventional is probably more conventional for those guys that practice it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the thing, isn't it? T Twenty cricket, and uh, we have sort of seen a lot more. What used to be unorthodox shots have become sort of stock standard that a lot of kids are now practicing. There was a little bit of criticism around this Black Caps team prior to that first game against Australia, um, and maybe that Kane Williamson. We were just a little bit too conservative. We weren't attacking enough. We needed maybe a little bit more of that Brennan McCullum type style. And then we saw it against Australia. Do you think there has genuinely been a conscientious shift to be more attacking and that this is the way we need to play if we're going to have any chance? <laughs> I guess there's no more um, case in point than dropping Martin Gupdal. Um He's probably, well, he's not probably, by the stats, he's one of the most successful T20 batters to ever play international T20 cricket. So dropping him for Finn Allen, who's... 
you know, a, a really hot talent and he's got the hot bat at the moment. But, you know, for someone who's unproven, for someone who has such a, a vast record, I think it really did show a shift in mentality from, from the Black Cats. They knew they needed someone at the top of the order who was going to take a few more risks. Um, and they went with that. And, and in that first game, it's really set them up for the rest of the tournament. It gave them some, some luxury um, in losing to England, especially by... Not a not a big margin, but keeping their run rate healthy enough to to mm. finish as top qualifiers and winning the rest of the game. So, just I think in that one move and that one selection, you probably found that it was, um, yeah, they they were obviously going for something more attacking. How much coaching is done in the days leading up to the semi final? Um, how much analysis of the opposition and how does that look? How does that play out? in the team environment, are they sitting around in a room looking at video monitors? How much discussion, how much talk, uh, maybe in small groups or collectively as a whole? Uh, yeah, two points there. I think the second point is probably a little bit of that's going on because they just played right Pakistan recently in Christchurch in that tri-series, so they'll have enough recent data and um, trends that they can go that they can go to to, to analyse what, what guys are going to do. There aren't any new players that Pakistan have introduced, as far as I can see, that will take the Black Cats by surprise. By surprise. So um, they will have that information at their disposal. Um, and, you know, they've just got to back themselves in terms of their plans and, and what, they're, what they've got um, in regards to can they be coached at this time. I don't think they can learn anything new, let's put it that way, um, but going to the game with what they've got. Um, and I think they'll back the personnel they've used for the last few rounds, at least. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it is just a, a match-up thing on the day. You know, who can who can execute the the best under under high pressure cricket? Mm, okay, let's just uh, quickly get your thoughts on the semi-final that follows the day after, and that is between the might of India and England. Uh, do you have loyalties to either? Is there a team that you prefer New Zealand to play in the final? If we, in fact, beat Pakistan, of course. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the best the best scenario is that we beat Pakistan and we go to the, the go to the final. But um, look, just just purely for what happened in England um, at Lords and, and how that played out and, and things like that, it would be nice to tip tip England over um, and win one uh, win a, a final against them. And I think the games that New Zealand play against um, England are are pretty close. We match up against them, um, you know, pretty closely. Um, the only other thing I'd say is that you know beating beating India with all that support at um, wherever they play is going to be um, <laughs> it's going to be a sellout. So the atmosphere is going to be red hot. Mm-hmm. So if you can turn them over on a day like that, um, you know it's sort of the, the type of stuff that dreams are made of. Yeah, Ron, I was going to ask you. I mean, I see you were born in England, but your heritage is it of Indian background? Yeah, yeah, I was born in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, yeah, my but, family, my father was born in New Zealand, but uh, yeah, my family uh, originated from India. Yeah, so um, in, 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 but I don't have any. No, in, I was going I to ask. Have any allegiances to them? No, I was going to ask whether you, um, were, whether you, your family, or possibly grandparents still have an allegiance to India. No, no, no. I mean, um, yeah, my grandparents have long passed, but my uh, my dad was born in New Zealand, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm more a lot more Kiwi than I am um, Indian. Obviously, I just look a little bit more. Indian, then I do um, the normal sort of Kiwis that are running around. But you know, same as sort of Ish Sodi and uh, Adas Patel, we're um, you know we're represented New Zealand or representing New Zealand. Um, and yeah, when the, when you're playing against them or you see them in a tournament and come up, come up against them, then yeah, there's no sort of allegiances. And I know that my family would be uh, backing the Black Caps and uh, 
and some of the guys that we know in the team as well. Yeah, no, no, I was sort of probably wondering if there might be some favouritism towards India over England, but um, it sounds to me like... You'd... Oh, no, I, I, I genuinely believe that um, if, we can, if we can play England in the final, um, we've played them enough now and we've had some really good goes at them, I think we'll get one over them. India is probably more dangerous. They've got a, a really you know fiery batting lineup, and um, and we haven't played them for a while. That's the other thing. So, um, sort of that to your point earlier, you have to do a bit more scouting and a bit more research on those guys as to developing plans. And it yeah. probably wouldn't be over a, a longer period of time, right? You've got to do that over like a two or three day turnaround. Ronnie, here it's been an absolute privilege to chat to you. Um, outstanding. Thank you for taking the time and joining us on the program. No dramas anytime. Thank you, Ronnie. Here or there.